Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And in for today's episode, I'm going to talk about fire science. Like, oh my God, fire science. It's so exciting. And it is very exciting. And the more and more I read and study fire science, the more and more I'm convinced that firefighters would be some of the best pain specialists out there. They have the thinking there. They understand the conceptual models behind how fire behaves, which has a lot of correlation with pain science. Um, and so if, if, you know, if you're a firefighter out there uh, and you're interested in becoming a, uh, helping people with pain, please, please approach me and I'm happy to provide you the, the pain knowledge and we can work on the pain science because you guys have the thinking um, a, that is, is just absolutely in line with what we know the science of pain demonstrates. Okay. So anyway, where, where would I want to go with, with fire science? Well, there's I, I've talked about the fire triangle in the past, so I'm only going to touch on it today briefly to support a greater concept. Okay, this is a, a concept of the behavior of pain. Okay, and what I'm talking about is when we're looking at actually how pain behaves and, and when we're talking about uh, uh, long-term effects, short-term effects, whether it flares, whether it does, and things like that. Okay, so remember... The pain triangle, like the fire triangle, is a conceptual model used to be able to simplify and deconstruct a very complex process. All fires are extraordinarily complex. Okay, even a basic fire that is just, you know, uh, a, a little stick with some oxygen and the heat source that ignites it, there's some complexity there. But as we increase all the variables present, Fires can be incredibly complex. We have, you know, large houses on fire versus forest fires. Those are complex things. But we can take all fire and we can simplify it to understanding the three key variables that are involved in how a fire is constructed. A fuel source, the oxygen supply, and the heat element. And you have to have all three of those. And the reason that, that becomes important and why firefighters think of every single fire in terms of a fire triangle is because when we understand how it was constructed, we can start looking at those key variables, deconstructing the fire that we have in front of us, and start treating that fire effectively. Now, pain is the same. Pain is a complex, emergent process. The typical problem that people have when it comes to pain, and I am including people who should know more, people who think they know pain science, but and they may know some of the plumbing behavior, but they're missing that conceptual variable to understand that pain is constructed. It is an emergent process. Emergent process arise from multiple independent variables. And for pain, those three variables are the three key variables that you absolutely have to construct pain is the fuel source, which is the sensory information, the oxygen supply, which is the meaning, the effective motivational component, the emotion behind that sensory information, and then the last key variable is the cognitive elements, the attention and the appraisal that is involved. You have to pay attention to it. You have to sense it or have that sensation, and then you have to have a meaning to it. And it's only when we have all three of those that come together that pain is constructed. Okay. Again, and then pain can be extraordinarily complex, but all pain can be reduced to those three key variables. Okay. That's why, uh, and I may have done an episode on this, there is no acute pain and chronic pain are all pain. All pain is pain. 
There isn't one type of pain and another type of pain that are completely separate entities that magically occurs at the end of three months. That is not true. What we have is pain that has different components, different amounts of these specific components put together in different ways that creates different experiences. And this is why pain is so individualized, highly complex, but we can deconstruct those three key elements. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I've gone a little bit farther on the, on the pain triangle than I wanted, is because the next level of thinking in fire sciences, we know how the fire is constructed, but if you have large fires, we need to know how it behaves so that we can combat it effectively. And so um, you can kind of use the fire triangle a little bit for that, but uh, what they have created to think at a level above. So once we have a fire that has been constructed, to think about and expect and to prepare for how that fire behaves so that we're safe treating it and we can treat it more effectively, they have the next level of thinking, which is the fire behavior triangle. Okay, and that means how is that, how, how, what are the changes that we're likely to see with that fire? Where is it likely to move? Is it likely to get worse or better? Where is it, uh, you know, on the hillside? Um, where is it most risky, risky to to um, get in front of it or to combat it? Where are likely places that we can proactively address to prevent it from spreading further? Because we can predict, hey, it's going in this direction. Let's let's uh, um, uh, let's do some backburns here, or let's let's uh, you know plow out the 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 undergrowth fuel source here. Um, the, so that fire behavioral triangle is recognized that, that once that fire is constructed, now we have to kind of build and add in additional elements to see how it behaves and spreads. Okay. And the fire behavioral triangle has three elements as well. Okay. So that fires in the middle, but the three elements that then influence how that fire behaves are the fuel source, the weather, and the topography, which is the lay of the land. Okay, so I'm going to touch on the fuel source because the fuel source is the common the, the common element between both the fire triangle and the fire behavioral triangle. And what it means is we know that to construct fire, you have to have a fuel source, but the availability of fuel also impacts the behavior of the fire. So, you know, if you're looking at a forest fire and there's dense undergrowth, or if you have a forest that has a has had a recent um, uh, flash burn that has burned out the undergrowth. Fires in those two different environments are going to have very different behavioral patterns. There's lots of dense uh, undergrowth with lots of thick tree growth. That fire is going to behave very differently because the availability of, of fuel that is there. Okay. The other two elements though, the weather pattern and what weather involves is the ambient temperature, whether it is the summer or winter whether they're the relative humidity or precipitation, which tells us how much, um, uh, you know, water is available, which which is going to have significant influence on the heat elements. Uh, and then wind pattern, which is going to influence the oxygen supply to that to 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 the fire. OK, so weather has uh, a key influence on the behavior of an existing fire. All right. And we know if it's hot, dry and windy, lo and behold, Fires get larger, more out of control, and spread faster, right? This is why you typically see fires in summertime and not in the wintertime. So you may not have a lot of rain in the wintertime, but the ambient temperature is lower and there's generally higher degrees of humidities, which makes it less, um, 
it, it means there, it's less likely that fires are going to spread or propagate greatly in winter as compared to summer. Can still, but less likely Okay, because of that weather. Then the last key variable with the fire behavioral triangle is the topography or the lay of the land. And what this is basically saying is the shape or contour of the earth is going to influence how that fire, again, spreads, how it burns, where it's going to go. And that topography can have some pronounced um, effects on the fire. So if you have a hillside or a steep mountainside, generally that will facilitate the spread of fire because it, it provides an environment that allows that fire to spread more effectively. Going up the slope, heat tends to rise. That dries out the, the potential fuel sources in front of it. And lo and behold, the fire is going to go up those, those, those slopes. And the degree of, uh, of that slope can influence how fast the, the fire goes up that slope. Okay. Other things, if you have uh, crazy, you know, uh, flat, uh, flat land, that the the topography is going to have a less influence on how that fire spreads. It's going to be not quite of an important element. And then you're going to be looking at what the weather patterns are uh, and what the potential fuel sources are going to have the more influence over how that fire behaves. And similarly, if you have kind of this rocky land where there's lots of different shapes, then what you're going to have is a pretty chaotic fire that's going to break apart into a bunch of different types of fires, which are going to have um, different kind of behaviors. And what I mean by that, if you have rocky, gully areas, areas that have steep areas may have uh, uh, some fire may spread there. The fire may may spread apart. So you may have areas where there is no fire, but then spot fires. You may have areas that are deep gullies where the fire can pass over those and not involve those underlying areas. So topography is very important. Now, again, the fire behavioral triangle is recognizing that fire has already been constructed. These other elements, though, the, the availability of fuel sources, the weather patterns and the topography influences how that fire behaves. Okay. What does this have to do with pain? Well, when we look at pain, there is something called the biopsychosocial model. Now, what the biopsychosocial model doesn't do, it does not tell us how pain is constructed. Okay? And this is where I see a lot of problems with how a lot of clinicians think about this stuff. They think biopsychosocial, it tells us how pain is constructed. It does not tell us that. What tell us how pain is constructed is what the fuel source is, the sensory information, what's the effective motivational component, the oxygen or meaning that we that we have to that sensory information, and then the cognitive aspect, how we're appraising the scenario and what our attention is to those sensory aspects as well as to the oxygen supply. And it is only when you have those three variables that pain is constructed. What the biopsychosocial model does is tells us how pain behaves. The bio in the biopsychosocial model is typically referring to fuel sources and availability of elements of the fuel source for pain. So it's the common element that's involved in both the construction of pain and how pain behaves. Okay, in a typical fuel source, uh, that that uh, the most easy one to kind of understand is nociception. I know I've done episodes on nociception. Nociception is like easy burning fuel. Do you have to have nociception in order to construct fire? No. But if you have significant nociception, it certainly makes it easier for the fire to spread. 
Not the only element there, but it, it helps uh, it helps the process. The other thing to think about is sensitization. So central sensitization is not oozy brain pain pus. What it is is like kindling an easy to burn fuel for both how that pain is constructed, but also which provides an element into the pain behavior triangle, which is essentially the biopsychosocial model. Okay, so that fuel is the bio. The weather, which we talked about, the wind, the humidity, the precipitation, and the temperature fits in, and we can use that as an um, analogy for the psycho element, biopsychosocial. The psycho element for biopsychosocial has to do with mood changes, stressors, etc. Much more individual specific and can change dramatically. And if you increase stressors, anxiety, we can change rapidly how the behavior of pain, and I'm talking about just you know the intensity and severity of pain, we can change that behavior relatively dramatically by those particular elements. Okay, so when you're looking at the biopsychosocial model, again, the bio is the fuel and the fire behavior triangle, and the psycho is the weather and the fire behavioral triangle. Then the last element, when we look at the fire behavioral triangle, is the topography, the lay of the land. And when we're looking at the biopsychosocial model, topography fits into the social element of pain. Bio is the fuel, psycho is the weather, social is the topography, all right? And that's where we start seeing those social elements, those around you, the socioeconomic impact, the uh, kind of the environment that you're living in, the your tribe if, if, if is a way to can think about it, um, uh, where you 